Hi, I'm Pastor Robbie Barrett, and I want to take this time to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to a life-changing word from God. And I pray that as you listen to these podcasts, that it will shape your way of thinking and that you will be walking in the fullness of what God has for you. This Sunday, but uh, we're going to deal with our body, our soul, and our spirit. Now, before I get into this message, I want you to read 1 Thessalonians 5 for me. Read this with me. It says, May the God who gives us peace make you holy in every way. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean every part of you? Absolutely. Every part of you. In every way. And keep your whole being. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break some stuff down in here tonight that maybe some of you have not heard of before. Maybe you've just, you know, you're just a little bit familiar with it. He says, you will be holy in every way and He will keep your whole being. What is your whole being? He said, your spirit, your soul, and your body. Say that with me. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. Free from every fault... At the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, let me make this clear. So, what's Paul saying? He is saying, I, that God, through His power, is going to make you free in your spirit, which everybody can handle that. In your soul, most everybody can handle that. And then, what's he say? In your body. That's where a lot of people have trouble in. Because they think, you know, this body, it's just, it just has its own mind. It just has its own will. And, and there's, it's just a, such a chore. It's such a, a burden to try to keep this body under subjection or try to keep it into a place where it wants to obey the things of God. But tonight, uh, we're going to get into this series, and I'm going to deal with your whole being. Now, how many believes in here tonight that God wants you whole in every part of you? How many believes that? Absolutely. I mean, sometimes we've grown up in church and you had people, I mean, just filled with the Holy Ghost, but just miserable enough, just, you know what I'm saying? I mean, had no peace, no joy. Or, you know, they had a spirit, a strong spiritual walk, but they did not let God work in their flesh part. Now, you may be, watch this, you may be keeping your body under subjection when it comes to sin. But what about in the the other things that the devil attacks your body with? How many knows he attacks your body with sickness? There's different pestilence, there's different diseases. I mean, there's all kinds of things. And tonight, we're going to deal with the flesh part. Now, this is going to be a three-part series. We're going to deal with the flesh part. Because here's what I found out. Are you ready? Most people do not understand that they are a tribunal being. Now, what does that mean? That means there are three parts to you. You are a spirit. Somebody say, I am a spirit. Say it one more time. I am a spirit. I don't have a spirit. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I am a spirit, I have a soul. How many knows when he breathed into Adam, he became what? A living soul. You have a soul, and watch this, you dwell in a body. How many knows that? 
Touch your hand. Slap yourself on the face if you want to. You have a body. Or you do like Jolene, slap your neighbor. It, it don't matter. You have a body. Your body is not you. What am I talking about about an identity crisis? Here's what I'm talking about. Most people think that their flesh is them, or their soul is them, or their spirit is them, and they don't know which part of them is working, or in trouble, or thriving. Amen? For the most of us, we don't know what part of us is broke and what part of us doesn't need fixed. We don't know. Because we're confused about who we really are. But in this series, I want to I lay down the foundation tonight. And I want to get this, that by the time we get through this series, uh, uh, you know, in our midweek services, I want you to get a clear perspective on who you are. Because watch this. If you don't know who you are, you won't defend your rights if I go to try to take them. Are you hearing me? You won't do it. See, you have to realize who you are. It's just like this. If you know that you are a property owner, if somebody comes to your house and say, hey, this is my house. No, sir. Right? This is my house. You're going to fight for that. Why? Because you know that you're a property owner. See, most people don't know their rights in the kingdom of God because they don't know who they are. Why? It's not so much what's going on with the enemy. It's the inner battle within yourself. And that's what we're going to deal with tonight. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, open our eyes and and enlighten, as Paul said, enlighten the eyes of our understanding tonight. We want to understand this. We want to know this. And Lord, we want to get into the deep riches of your word. And we want to know who we are. That's in our spirit, that's in our soul and our body. We want to know our entire being, who we are in Christ Jesus. And I thank you that through this series, you're going to show us exactly that. So we give you all the praise tonight. And Lord, I don't just get up here just to talk. I'm talking and I'm preaching by the anointing in this place tonight. So I thank you, Father, for your anointing that's going to heal the sick, that's going to perform miracles, that's going to break the yokes of the enemy, destroy them, eradicate them. And I I thank you for it because it's all by your power and for your glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Now, 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 4. Let's read this right here. It says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. So, in other words, Paul is saying, Yeah, we encounter trouble, we encounter hard times, but we're not going to faint. Because we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, (coughs) not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. I want you to remember that. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, have blinded the minds of them which believe not. So watch. So first he says, this is hidden from those that are lost. Now this is where everybody thinks, oh, I'm cool, I'm all right. But then he says, it's also hidden for those that believe not. Hey, 
Lest the light, I want you to see this, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, somebody say he's the image of God, should shine unto them. How many knows what light does? Light reveals, right? If you're in a dark room and you can't see, you don't know what's in it, all you got to do is turn the light on and you get a clear perspective, right? That's what it is. Now, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness have shined in where? Our hearts. Where's the spirit man at that's dealing with your heart? Somebody say the spirit man's the heart. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ. Now, what is, why did I read this? Now, now you notice what Paul said. He said, this has been blinded. This has been hidden from those that don't know who they are. Now, you've got a world today that is out there and they're doing, they think they're doing their own thing. They think they're doing whatever they want to do, but they are a slave. How do I know this? Because Jesus says, if you sin, you are a slave to sin. Praise God, I'm not, I'm not serving God and I'm not serving the devil. You serving one of the two. You, there's, there's only two sides to offense, right? You're either on the good side or you're on the bad side. So if you're out in the world and you don't know God, you're serving the devil. Whether you like it or not, you're serving sin. Now, Paul also mentions that this is hidden from those that the light has not shined in to where? Our hearts. Now, so that means, in other words, Paul is saying that the light has not revealed who people truly are. And because, as I said earlier, when you don't know who you are, that's when you're bound into sin. When you don't understand who God has called you to be, when you don't understand why you're here and why you were born and why you're called for such a time as this, then you, what, what do you do? You come and go as a wave of the ocean, right? Everything the enemy sends at you, you accept it. You receive it. Why? Because you don't know who you are. Right? And, and watch this. This is evident even in the body of Christ. I'm not just talking about people that's lost. I'm talking about people that's also in the church. You got people in the church accepting sickness, accepting poverty, accepting defeat, accepting depression and worry and anxiety and say, well, you know what? It's just the way life is. Why? It's all because that light has not shined through. See, when I got that light shine through that I didn't have to be sick anymore, I no longer would accept it. When I got that light to shine in my heart that I no longer had to, to just put up with whatever the devil sent my way and just say, well, you know what? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh-uh. No, I'm more than a conqueror through Him, what? Which strengthens me, right? See, when that light came in, it caused me to stand up and say, wait just a minute, I don't have to put up with this. The devil doesn't have to be on my back, but the Word clearly states he's supposed to be under my feet. See, so that light's got to come, because if the light doesn't come, you, don't, you can't see. And it's hidden from you. And see, when your rights are hidden, the devil can take what he wants from you. Amen? So tonight we're dealing with the flesh. Now, now listen to this right here. <clears throat> How many knows who Jesus is? Jesus is what? The Word. He's the Word. Somebody say He's the Word. 
And the Bible also says that He's the image. In Colossians it says He's the image of the invisible God. So if you want to know what the Father looks like, all you got to do is look at Jesus. He's the image of the invisible God. He's the image of the unseen, invisible Father. He's that. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Listen to what this says. It says, But we all, with an open face, beholding as it in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image. This is what I'm going to get at. What's this say? We are changed into the same image of whom? From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. You want to know who we're supposed to be? We are supposed to be made in the image of Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God. That means simply we are to walk like Him, talk like Him, think like Him, move like Him, respond like Him in our spirit. Everybody can say amen on that. In our soul, yeah, that that could be true. And even in our flesh, oh, there ain't no way. Yes, there is. Even in our flesh, we are to be like Christ. Why? Because the Word says that we are to be made into that same image. When we look and when we see, when we behold. Somebody say, I saw the light. How many has ever just, you just could, you just looked at something and you just could not picture what it was trying to say? You see a lot of those on Facebook. You, they'll, they'll say, what does this image, what do you see in this image? And you're trying to see something, see something, see something, and you just can't make out what in the world it is. And you see people on the comments, oh, it's this, it's that. And you're wondering, how in the world are they getting that? And then, boom, a light comes on. And then you're like, oh, I see. I see it now. It really does. It, it is that. That's the same thing with the kingdom of God. See, there are many things that God has told you you are that you can't really accept yet. See, there, there's many things that God has told every single one of us. <clears throat> he says, you are this and you are that. And you look around and you say, God, how in the world are you getting that? But see, there's a light that's shining through you. That He can see the innermost being of you. Because you see, watch this. Tonight, I want to separate you. I want to separate your spirit, your soul, and your body. Because for you to truly know who you are, you've got to know the difference and the functions between all of them. Amen? Because let me tell you something. And I'm going to get on to this in just a minute. I'm going to tell you something. Your greatest battle is you. That's your greatest battle. Your greatest enemy that you will ever have to triumph over is yourself. So I want you to pay attention to this, this messages because you really need to get this. Because if we're ever going to be who God has called us to be, then we've got to realize who we are. Amen? We've got to realize. Now, so when we... So watch this. So if Jesus is the Word... And when we behold who Jesus is, we behold the image that we are supposed to be. So that tells us one thing. Are you ready? I know I'm giving a lot of information, but watch this. That tells us one thing right here. That the Word of God enlightens our hearts 
to, see, to show us our whole image and who we're supposed to be. Now, how many knows what the Scripture says about the Word? When, once I start saying it, I guarantee you everybody can start quoting it. Are you ready? The Word of the Lord is a lamp and a what? Come on. A light and what? Unto my path. So the Word of God shows me where I am, number one. People want to know, Lord, where am I? Where am I in life? Where am I spiritually? Where am I in, my, in just my walk with you? Get in the Word and find out. The Word is a lamp unto my feet. Then watch this. The Word is a light unto my path. It shows me in the direction to go. You cannot distinguish the different parts of you without the Word. Now I'm going to take my time for just a second. You cannot do it without the Word. Praise the Lord, I just want to know who I am in Christ, but never open the Word. You're never going to find out. The only way you're going to find out who you truly are is in the Word. The only way you're going to find out the distinctions between your spirit, your soul, and your body is in the Word. Because you see, whether you know it or not, in this Word, it tells you characteristics and attributes of your spirit, of your soul, and even your flesh. How many knows that? It does. And see, if you're, not, if you're not being taught the difference between each of them, guess what's going to happen? You're going to intermingle and entwine them. Now, how many know something about the Godhead? That one thing you can, you can say about God every single time. How many knows this one thing about the Godhead? That God never confuses Himself. You ever notice that? You, ever, you always notice that when Paul writes a letter, he always says, Our Lord Jesus Christ and our Father are the Father and the Spirit of the Lord. He always makes a distinction on who's doing what, what's happening where. Why? Because God is not confused about who He is. He's not confused. But we are. Sometimes what we say is spiritual, let me, let me break it down for you, you ready? Sometimes what we say is spiritual is fleshy. Somebody say, hey, it's really fleshy. Oh, I just felt in my spirit. No, you didn't feel in your spirit. Because if you'd read in that word, you'd find out that the spirit ain't got nothing on that, what you're trying to do. Come on, somebody. And see, we are confused about who we are. So tonight, watch this. Romans 8, 5 through 8. Let's read this. This is going to help you. So tonight, we're going to deal with the flesh. We ain't dealing with the spirit or the soul. We're dealing with the flesh. It says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So that lets you know that there is two that try to be in charge always. That's your spirit man and that's your flesh part of you. The soul tips on whoever is the strongest. 
And we're going to deal with that later in this series. But there's two that try to buck between each other, right? Paul said this is in everything that you do. There is a war going on. Why? What, what kind of war? Let's make it simple. There's a part of you that wants to do the right thing. There's a part of you that wants to do the wrong thing. There's a part of you that wants to come to church. There's a part of you that says, I'm tired, I've had a long day, blah, 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 and you don't come, right? There's a part of you that wants to do the things of God, and then there's a part of you that just, I'm no way, I'm doing it. Always, no matter what you do. Even if you might feel led tonight, when we call for prayer, you might feel led to pray for somebody. There's going to be one part of you that says, I don't want to pray for that person. Oh, I've not really prayed that, that great this week. You know, I don't have no confidence. I'm not going to lay hands on it. There's a war. You see what I'm saying? And this is what Paul said. Verse 6. He says, For be, to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. When your soul is tipped towards your flesh, you are in death and destruction. All you're thinking about is the things of this world. All you're thinking about is this life. That's it. When your soul is tipped to your spirit, there is life and peace. Verse uh, 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is an enemy against God. It has nothing in common with God. For it is not subject to the law of God. What does that mean? Watch this. Your flesh is never going to willingly do the things of God. So if you're in here tonight and you're waiting on your flesh to get with the memo you're going to be waiting a long, long time. How many saved in here tonight? Do you know what part of you is saved? Your spirit, man. Your spirit being is saved. It's, it's sealed. Your soul, which is your mind and will and emotions, is in the process of being saved. That's why you got to have church, the Word, prayer time, all that. You are renewing your soul. Amen? Your flesh is not saved. I can't believe my flesh wanted that. We'll believe it. Because your flesh is not redeemed yet. Amen? Your flesh is not holy and sanctified yet. Your flesh does not want to do the things of God. Neither indeed can it be. It, it will never be subject to God as long as this body is tainted with sin. Right? How many knows that one day we're going to get a glorified body? Then this body will be saved. Verse 8. <clears throat> so then they that are in the flesh, what? Cannot please God. Let me say it one more time. So they that are in the flesh... Cannot please God. So can I say it like this? If there's any time that I'm in the flesh, that's a time I'm not pleasing Him. Now if you're like me, it's your desire to always please God. Right? To be pleasing to the Father. That's our goal. That's our, our destiny in life is to be pleasing to Him. All right, well, the Word says that when we are ran and controlled 
by the flesh, we are in a state that's unpleasing to God. How many knows that we have many fleshy Christians? Yes, we do. You mean I can be saved and love God and still be in the flesh? Absolutely you can. You mean I can come to church every week and still be in the flesh? Yes, you can. Why? Because that's your job to put your flesh under subjection. Oh, Lord, I need you to do this and do that. God's not going to do it. Let me help you out tonight. God's not going to do it. Now, when you make a stand and when you take a bold step, God will be with there, with you there to support you and to back you up. But God's not going to do it for you. Oh, Lord, take this away. Take that away. You make a stand. Right? He's not going to take it. He don't want it. Amen? He doesn't want it. So when we take a stand, God begins to take a stand for us. So watch, let me say this one more time. The flesh cannot comprehend the things of God. You, how many people's got some people you work with or co-workers or, or people at school that just can tell you all these different opinions they've got about the Word of God, but they're not saved? Come on, raise your hand. You got them. Guess what? They can't comprehend the things of God. Why? Because they're trying to comprehend it through the flesh. See, you even got to have the Spirit of God to understand this Word. There are many atheists that read this from cover to cover, trying to debunk it, trying to, uh, to slander it, all these different things. But guess what? They're not receiving anything. Why? Because the Bible says that the flesh cannot receive the things of God. Amen? So not, so watch, uh, first of all, we've learned tonight that you must continually crucify your flesh. Why? Here's why. How many has ever seen moss in the woods? How many has ever seen that on the ground? Now watch, here's something, here's something that's very significant about moss. Are you ready? Especially now. If you notice, when it's not been wet for a while, moss gets dry and crusty. It's no longer soft. But watch this. You let a rain come. Just one rain. And it begins to be soft and mushy and green again. You say, what are you getting at tonight? Do you know your flesh is the same way? Praise the Lord, brother. I, I haven't done this and that for a week. Well, praise God. But you better keep it under subjection. Because let me tell you something. One time you give in to the flesh, your flesh just raises from the dead. Doesn't it? I've not been angry in two days. Something happened to you, somebody do something to you, and it seems like that old man comes out of the coffin. Ooh. Right? It doesn't take much. That's why Paul said, I crucify my flesh Sunday, midweek, whenever I'm in the mood. No, what's he say? He said, I crucify my flesh daily. I show it who's in charge. I'm not in the flesh anymore. That used to be me. That's not me now. This body 
is nothing but a tent for this, this man now. See, this isn't the real me. The real me is on the inside. Oh, come on, somebody. The real you is on the inside. That you that is passionate about God, that you that wants the things of God, that's on the inside. And what I'm trying to tell you tonight is, is that your flesh can be at times unruly and raise up and try to take charge. Your flesh wants to try to persuade you that your flesh is you. How many times have you failed or made a mistake and you said, this is me? Oh, come on, church. This is me. I, I want this. I'm addicted to this. I'm this. I'm that. That's a lie. That's why you feel so guilty and feel condemnation and shame about you is because the real you says, I don't want this. The real you says, I want to be better than this. But you see, when people are in an identity crisis and they don't know the difference between their spirit, their soul, and their flesh, here's what happens. They begin to think that the, the things that they're bound by are them. I'm the addiction. I'm the depression. I'm the sickness. I'm this. I'm that. And see, when you think that, guess what? It's never going to be broke off of you. That's why I have a problem with different groups and this and that that says, I am a this and I am a that. I'm a drug addict. I'm an alcoholic. You need to speak life over you. And say, yeah, I might be struggling with this, but this is not who I am. This might be trying to rule my life, but this is not who I am. <clears throat> Deep down on the inside of me is made in the image and the likeness of God. And see, when you, when you realize who you truly are, that's when you begin to stand up and say, wait, enough is enough. I'm not putting up with this stuff anymore. I'm not being governed by this stuff anymore. I'm going to raise up and be who God has called me to be. 2 Corinthians 9, 26. <clears throat> Paul said, I therefore so run, not with uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beats the air. Verse 27. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. So watch this right here. He doesn't say, I keep myself under subjection. See, Paul knows who he is. You understand what I'm saying? And he knows that his body, what used to be in charge before he knew Christ, is no longer in charge. So now he says, I am putting my body. I'm a spirit man. I'm putting my body under subjection. Lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Now the verse scripture says this right here. He says, I don't run with uncertainty and I don't fight as one that beats the air. In other words, he says, I'm not just floating through life. I know who I am. I know my mission, I know my purpose, and I'm not letting anything, including a part of me, get in the way of that purpose. 
You see, what's stopping you from your purpose? What's stopping you from the plans of God? Well, it's this situation. It's this circumstance. Oh, it's that. It's this so-and-so over here. Oh, it's the devil. He's doing this and that. No, let me tell you who's stopping it. The one you've seen in the mirror this morning. That's who's stopping it. See, when you get yourself under subjection, you are getting rid of your worst enemy. We, I think we talked about this in men's meeting the other day, that when God tells you to do something, don't even think about it, do it. Are you hearing me? Why? Because you give yourself 10 to 15 minutes, your flesh, your, un, uh, your untransformed soul part of you will talk you right out of it and you won't get a thing. Now, what would have happened when God said to Abraham, go to a land that you've never been before, and I'm going to make you promises? What would have happened if he would have sat and dwelled about that? Now, let's think about this for a minute. Go someplace I don't know. I've got everything here. I don't even know how to get here. I don't even know if I'm hearing God's voice. Ten to 15 minutes later, he would have talked himself out of it. See, don't give yourself time. When God tells you to do it, that's why you need to obey the voice of God right then and there. When God tells you to do something, do it. See, Paul says, I don't run with uncertainty. I don't fight as one beating the air. He said, but I keep my body under subjection. He says, I know who I'm fighting. It ain't the enemy. He said, it's myself. Oh, come on now. For me to be who I'm truly called to be, I've got to master myself. When I master myself, the situations and the conditions around me will begin to take care of themselves. Are y'all hearing me in this place tonight? See, some of y'all are so consumed by what's going on around you. Quit worrying about what's going on around you. You start taking care of what's going on on the inside of you. Because let me tell you something. Transformation, change happens not from the outside in, but the inside out. When you start changing on the inside, when you start getting your, your spirit, your soul, and in your flesh under subjection and in unity with each other, just as the Godhead is, which, is you, which image you're created in, when you start doing that, everything in your life begins to run smooth as it should be. I'm not talking about conditions. I'm not talking about situations. I'm talking about your life. For the most part, most Christians are in chaos inside. They don't know who they are. They wrestle with their flesh. They wrestle with their mind, their thoughts. They, they wrestle with who they are and where they're going. They, they don't know this and they don't know that and they're just wrestling. And all the enemy's got to do is just flick you a little bit and you just fell over. Amen. Is this good tonight? Write this down. If you master the flesh, you master all. Let me say it again. If you master the flesh, you master all. Why is this? <clears throat> How many knows where the enemy works? Where does he work? Oh, pastor, he works in my mind. No, he only works in your flesh. And because your flesh rules your life, it messes with your mind. Mm, let me say it again. Because your flesh is in charge, it wrestles with you. You know what Smith Wigglesworth said one time? He said the problem with Christians is, is they get 
three hot flesh meals a day and one cold spirit meal a week. <laughs> Woo! Isn't that the truth? And then we wonder why we're just so weak. Jesus said the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. But if all you're feeding is the flesh and the things of the flesh, then guess what? Your flesh is going to be fat and thriving. And your spirit man is going to be old and decrepit and, and sucked 